This episode is brought to you by Mac & Co Designs, the heart of country accessories and homewares. Find them online at www.macandcodesigns.com. Welcome to All Things Small Biz, a podcast to help you take the leap and run your own business from someone who has done it themselves and wants to share what they learnt with you. Hello and welcome to the All Things Small Biz podcast. My name is Sarah Hales, your host, and today we'll be talking about starting an online business as a mature woman. And also we'll be talking about commitment to being Australian made. Today's amazing guest is Kathy Hamilton from Kathy Hamilton Artworks, and she started her small business when she was 57. But as always, first, we'll bring in Brian for a little chat. Brian. Hello, and how are we? Well, got stitches and they're itchy and I want to pull the stitches out. Okay, do not touch the stitches. That's how they will get infected. When can I take them out? Usually it's five to seven days. I'd say where they are, you're probably going to have to wait 14 days. <laughs> That's just not going to do. <laughs> I'm going to have them out very soon. Yes, well, this is all about being sun smart, people. Yes, so... Uh, I've had to have a little spot cut out, which is, well, I suppose I'm waiting on the result, but the doctor thinks that it is a uh, little precancerous, nothing to be too worried about, but she wanted to take it out. And then when she was taking it out, there was also a little cyst right near it. So I said, well, let's just whip that out. So I've got quite a few stitches at the moment and they're very itchy. I suppose that means it's healing, doesn't it? Yeah, that's exactly what it means. Okay. Getting back on track, win <laughs> win of the week. Any wins? I'd like to thank the Mackay Council. Oh, yeah. Right. Here we go. They, in their infinite wisdom, have now built a pathway to my secret crabbing spot. Now, everybody is going to target it. Mm. And it's no longer a secret crabbing spot. So, is that a win? Well, I was trying to put it in a backhanded compliment sort of thing. You were trying to make it into a positive. It's pretty pretty good because now it's not so hard for me to get there, but it's also easy for everyone else to get there. So, really, you're like seething on the inside, but you were just trying to turn it into a positive. Yeah. Mm. You got to look at the positive in every little situation. You told me that the pathway was only three quarters of the way to- the secret spot. So, probably not everyone's going to find your exact spot. Or do you think that they were all lazy beforehand and they never would have gone to the mangroves as far as you do and now they'll go that little bit further? Well, the secret spot, you had to walk through probably about 30 metres of neck-high guinea grass. (laughs) And that sort of keeps people away. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, what's in there? Snake, oh, I'm not going. Yeah. But as you know, snakes are friendly. Oh. God, I don't know about that. When you can't see them, they ain't going to hurt you. (laughs) And there you have it, people. Tip of the week. If you can't see them, they won't hurt you. This is not recommended by (laughs) me. (laughs) I do not not endorse that kind of logic. And now you may see why I'm a little hawky to let the kids go with him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, look, I carry the kids through that area. (laughs) That is enough. Um... 
So, feedback. This week, I have been receiving a lot of feedback about an interview that I did with Kelly um, on her podcast, Life Journey. And I've just been getting such beautiful feedback, uh, which I've really, really, really appreciated. But also, new listeners have been finding our podcast because of that. So, um, I'm appreciative to Kelly for having me on her podcast, but also I'm appreciative to all of the new people who've come across and found us. So, thank you so much to Kelly. If anybody else is looking for an amazing podcast to listen to, Kelly from Life Journey TV is our shout out, business shout out of the week. And remember to always jump onto our social media, all things small biz, and tell us about your business because we love to shout out other small businesses. But I guess we better get back on to uh, our topic for the day today. So, I'll hand over to you, Brian. Alrighty, yeah. So, a mature lady starting a small business. Yeah, Kathy's amazing. She didn't start her small business until she was 57 mm. and she's now in her 60s. I think she's 62 and she is doing amazing, amazing things. And I think that that just goes to show that it doesn't matter how old you are, you can still, it's never too late. Yeah. And um, you started your business uh, not long after the birth of Jack. Um, but I wouldn't say that you, you're a mature age. I would have thought you were still in your prime. Yeah, well, I, I, was, I was 36. Mm. So, I was a career woman before we um, started our family. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think I was a spring chicken. No. I but- would have thought, like, um, in, looking at it a little bit differently, just say if that was me mm-hmm. and I- sort of sold my cruiser and then went and bought a Harley, it would have been a midlife crisis. But uh, <laughs> you've you've had a baby and your midlife crisis is, hey, I'm starting a business. Well, it could be looked at that way. Yeah. I was wondering what the hell you were going to come out with just then. Look, I, I could go anywhere. <laughs> In my topics, they can, they can start over this section and finish way over there. I know. Sometimes I question my logic as to bringing you onto the podcast. (laughs) Customers, oh no, my listeners, my faithful listeners will listen in and get back to you with a bit of info on why I'm necessary for this podcast. Mm -hmm. But let's get back into it. Yeah, no, so I was, um, I definitely wasn't mature, but I wasn't, you know, 20. I actually think that being 36 uh, worked in my favour. All of the experience that I had from my previous career, everything that I've learned, I've drew on all of that and I brought it into my business. So, I definitely don't think it was a disadvantage. I think it was an advantage to be that bit older and to have all that experience behind me. So, do you think that um, when I kicked off uh, Crab Oz, do you think that was a good um, trial? Like, was it a trial? To get to this one, to get to your business, do you think it was a good trial or do you think- Oh, definitely. And I probably don't talk to you about it enough, but I think that you starting that was probably the catalyst and probably, you know, helping you to do that and learning a few things along the way um, gave me then- the confidence to go on and start the next one. So, yeah, I think that Crab Oz was probably the catalyst- um, that made me think 
I can actually do this. Yeah. So, um, so Brian, for you, everyone out there, yeah, the inspiration. Oh, I'm the inspiration. Yeah. So, if anybody else needs some inspiration, uh, you can just send us a message and I can reply back to you if you want some inspiration. But we're back to the chat. Um, crab was started off as a as a thing that we wanted to do. You. I wanted to do because we, we were traveling to 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 and fro from Wollongong. Yeah, I was I was had a mining contract in Wollongong. between Wollongong and Mackay. It was uh, we'd only just been married a little while, and then all of a sudden we're we're we living got, a long long distance relationship. We got married in September. Then we went back to work for a month, and I was working at the coal terminal. And uh, then we went overseas for a month for a honeymoon and then it was Christmas and then I got posted on a mining contract in Wollongong and I was in Wollongong from January until September. I'm pretty sure I was there for nine months mm. and you flew down one week and I flew home the next week. Mm. It wasn't probably the best. There was nothing. That worked. It, worked. it worked, but I mean, we, we'd only been married for such a short amount of time. But it yeah, could so, have gone either way. Yeah, so that that was to um, try and keep myself busy while I was down there. But I didn't really do a lot to get that started. And then it sort of just poked along. We bought a few things here and bought a few things there and tried to sell them. And, and it sort of rolled its way along. And then once you then um, developed West of the Waves, then you put your learnings from West of the Ways back into Crab Oz and then give that a kick along as, as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I I still think it was, you know, the catalyst, I guess, for us to know, you know, how and where to get products and how to start websites and how to start the social media and grow our following. Like every single thing that we've done to this point there's been a learning in it and we have been able to apply that to our businesses and go forward from there. Yeah, and I I think what I was trying where I was trying to go with that um, line of question was or, or statement that I was making was our first attempt wasn't our greatest attempt. No. And then But it was also not a failure. I no, mean it's it, still there and still operational. Yeah, it's still there in the background. But I just want to get out to the people that hey you can have a go and it might not be a roaring success you think it was, but just don't give up. You've got to keep persisting and keep trying different things, different lines yeah, there's to not, succeed. there's definitely not one size fits all. And, you know, when you hear people talking about failure, they always go back to babies and how if a baby just fell over the first time it was trying to learn how to walk and then it never tried again, you know, it would obviously never get anywhere, but they don't. They just try and they try and they try and they try and they try until they get it. Yeah, same as tying his shoelaces, I suppose. <laughs> I'm still learning. Oh, God. <laughs> Velcro helps you out so much. Okay, people, that is a lie. <laughs> Not so funny. Uh, no, come on, it was it was hilarious. What are your tips for older ladies, older people? Ask. Ask questions. Find somebody that you can ask questions of, Google things, just keep trying. One thing that older people, you know, generally have an issue with is is the technology. Yeah. But, um, you know, just ask and ask and ask. Joining communities like um, the small business community with Tory or there's, you know, loads of those types of things. Jump on board a course someone like myself with e-commerce coaching, ask and ask and ask and ask yeah, and, and find the people that will help you. A little story for you. My grandfather is 90, I think he'll be 92 this year. Mm-hmm. 
And he lives down in Brisbane now and he lives in his house that he's been in for, since ever I've been born. So um, when he was about 80, he's a very intellectual sort of intellectual sort of a fella. When he was 80, he was looking for something to think. And he just enrolled himself in a TAFE course and started learning about computers and teaching himself. So he's never too old to learn. And, um, yeah, he can, he can send you emails and look up things on the internet and and screenshot them and send them to you like he's pretty talented old fella yeah definitely you got to have that hunger to keep on learning yeah it keeps your brain healthy he just upgraded his computer and that and he's got a new printer so i dare say we'll be getting letters sent that he's printed out off his computer and (laughs) so all of your products are they australian made not all of my products are australian made no i i have um a pr- one line of clothing, which I buy in from another designer. She designs in Brisbane and has her products made offshore. Mm-hmm. All of my jewellery, I either make it myself, means that it's 100% Australian made, or I have a few women, some of which are um, not based in Australia. They're either based in America, well, Hawaii, Arizona. Uh, I've got a lady in Wales. Um, and they make the jewellery for me and send it here to me. But I've been working with those ladies, uh, the same ladies, for the last five years. They're all similar women to me. They are mothers. They have a side hustle. They work from home. And I've just connected with them over the years and continued to work with them. But with regards to my Australian-made linen, the West of the Waves in-house um line. I designed that myself and that is 100% Australian made and we have the license um, to have the green and gold triangle. Um, yeah, I would I would love all of my products to be Australian made and I am trying to move towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose with respect to the jewellery, I'm okay with that because I know that I'm supporting like-minded women, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 fine too. Um, how do you find your supplies and the difference in them from Australian made and overseas? Any difference? Well, oh, I think, you know, probably cheese and chalk really in that when I'm dealing one-on-one with ladies who are making the jewellery from home, the quality is always there. Like when you're dealing with somebody who's got a side hustle and they're making things specifically for you, the quality is always great. But are you meaning more in relation to how I find my suppliers for the Australian-made products that I get made for West of the Waves? Yes, that and also. So, you, your Australian-made stuff mm-hmm. and then your stuff that you that you get made overseas. Well, well, you've had made overseas previously. Yeah, I had one dress very early on when I started um, designing my own pieces. I had um, one dress made overseas, mm-hmm. and I couldn't fault it. It was, it was fantastic. That dress, it was beautiful quality. It was beautiful fabric. I was lucky enough um, to have had a recommendation of a factory so it wasn't like I was just going on to Alibaba and finding somebody and then you know making this massive order I already knew someone that used this factory and got beautiful quality but the one thing that I will say about the dresses that I got is that they were it's hard to explain but they were like quite two-dimensional they were sort of 
quite triangular. They mm. didn't have that three-dimensional shape, you know, that you need the curve around the hip or that sort of thing. They were very flat. But, yeah, we I couldn't- all like a, a nice curve. Oh, stop. <laughs> Every opportunity you get. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I couldn't I couldn't actually fault the quality. Mm-hmm. But yeah. All right. So, what are some of the challenges of obtaining Australian made? It can be really expensive. Mhm. Really, really expensive. Uh and there's not a lot of places to mm-hmm. have garments produced, especially yeah. if you are looking for really high numbers of like a volume or quite low volumes the lowest volume that my supplier will make is 20 which is very very rare not a lot of um, manufacturers will produce only 20 garments Mm -hmm. i only ever do 20 when it's a new product that i sort of want to test the market and see if the consumer likes it before i then go and make a big batch of it Mm -hmm. but when i get 20 they're really, really expensive. Yeah. So, I guess it's challenging in the sense that the retail price needs to be quite a bit higher to cover for that. But I guess you just need to market your product properly and let people know the quality they're getting, the fact that it's Australian made, where you get your fabrics from, um, and make them understand why it's priced that way. Probably one of the things I don't like seeing is when I know that someone has had their product made offshore Mm. and they're still charging those extremely high prices. Mm. It does. It gives me the shits when I know that they've had it made overseas for $30 and they're charging $350. If they can get away with it, good for them. But I don't think it's right because it devalues the quality of the Australian-made product. Okay, Sarah. So, that was some of the challenges. Mm. <laughs> what? Let's finish off with a positive and let's go with the benefits of being Australian-made. God, there's so many. In my experience, communication. Communication, yeah. obviously. You're dealing with somebody who's in the same time zone. You're dealing with somebody who speaks the same language. You're dealing with somebody who has the same, uh, I suppose, comes from the same culture. And by that, I mean uh, they understand how we shop, where we shop, um, what the trends might be, what the consumer likes and wants to see, what's important to the consumer. Um, So I think that when you combine all that together and you've got language, time zone, culture, if you're dealing with an Australian they understand what the Australian consumer wants and that makes it a lot easier. Obviously, if it's not COVID, you could travel to and see your manufacturer. A lot easier. Yeah, a lot easier. I've never met my manufacturers. I mean, I've, I talk to them all the time and we Zoom. We speak to each other face-to-face, I guess, in the sense that we're over Zoom. But I've never been able to go um, and see where the garments are produced. And also, it's just quicker with regards to postage, say, for example. So, what I do with my process is I draw the garment. So, I come up with the idea in my head, you know, out walking or doing whatever I might be doing. I come up with the idea and then I draw it. I then email that through to the guys in Melbourne and they make a toile, which is like your first sample. Yeah. 
except nowadays we're sort of past that because we've got so many block patterns and we can go to first sample pretty much always straight away. Yeah. They then try that onto a model or a mannequin down in Melbourne and mm-hmm. we have a Zoom call. Then they put it in the post and they send it up to me. I try it on. We have a reverse Zoom call and, I, you know, I'm wearing it saying, you know, we need to pinch this in here a bit or this needs to be a bit longer or that needs to be shorter or whatever it is. I might pin it and then we send it back. And, you know, like if you're dealing with somebody overseas, that's not really an option because it just takes too long. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, for me... I feel like the benefits far, far outweigh the challenges. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for answering those few questions there, Sarah. Uh, now it's time for your chat with Kathy. Sure is. This episode is brought to you by Mac & Co Designs, the heart of country accessories and homewares. Find them online at www.macandcodesigns.com. I'm just thrilled to have Kathy on the podcast today. I know I briefly introduced her at the top of the podcast, but I wanted to tell you a little more about her. Kathy is a wife, she's a farmer, a breast cancer survivor, and she's an incredible pencil artist. Kathy draws stunningly intricate drawings of flora, fauna, and loads of Australian animals. She has her designs printed onto soaps, tea towels, greeting cards, and the likes. And very recently, she's signed on with a large company to have her designs printed onto a collection that will be stocked in stores all around Australia. Gosh, there's so much to say about Kathy, but what I really wanted to talk about today is starting an online business as a mature woman and also your commitment to Australian made. So Kathy, could we start by getting you to explain where you're based? Okay. Hi, Sarah. Look, thank you for having me on. I'm actually based out of Cootamundra in the Riverina in New South Wales uh, on a beef property. We're probably about 28 kilometres from town. We moved here about eight years ago. We had a larger property with cattle and sheep over near in a, in a place called Rugby near Burrawa. And obviously when I got sick, it was all too much. My father died. There was a whole lot of problems. So we decided to sell up and moved to a smaller, more manageable property and we found the most beautiful old homestead and, um, yeah, so we've been here eight years and it's the most beautiful area. Oh, I absolutely adore looking at your Instagram because your homestead, the fireplace, the way you um, have everything decorated, your gardens, it's just beautiful. It is a lovely spot and I'm very blessed and I'm very inspired by my surroundings here. Oh, I'm sure you are. So when did you get into drawing? Is art something you've done all of your life? I have. I have been an art creative since I could pick up a pencil. Um, I just, my poor mother, I was always making things, creating things, drawing things, gluing things, and I've carried it on all my life. (laughs) Uh, I never actually trained as an artist at university because in my day young girls did a secretarial course or you became a nurse or a teacher. So, no, I didn't Mm -hmm. pursue that. But once I was married, when I had children, I felt, oh, my God, what am I going to do? So I just kept cross-stitch, making 
hand painting t-shirts for the children you name it I did it yeah so always Oh, that's fabulous. And that's probably something I left out of your long list of achievements in the introduction was that you're a mother as well. (laughs) I am a mother, but they're all grown up. I have a 36-year-old daughter and a 35-year-old son, and they're both in Sydney and I miss them. Oh, I am sure that you do. Mine are only three and two and they're at daycare today and I miss them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, you make sure you get them doing creative (laughs) things every spare minute. Oh, I, I do try. Um, so, Kathy, when did you start your business? When did you decide, I can take this art and make a business out of it? Well, I've actually been going, this is, I'm going into my fifth year, which I can't believe it. And um, it's an achievement because most small businesses fold within 18 months. It goes back to when I was sick and uh, I had a pretty rough time of it. And after all my treatment, I said to myself, I'm going to make a bucket list. I am going to make a bucket list. And I did it. And one of the things I did was I'm going to have an art exhibition and I'm going to have it in Sydney and it's going to be fantastic. And, you know, my husband said, dream on. And I did it. I actually did it. Part of my uh, background, I used to do ceramics. So, and I've got a kill. So I came up with this idea of doing um, an exhibition called Still Life, Real Life which was quite appropriate at the time. So I would then make a vase, uh, a big platter, and I used to paint them in Italian style. Then I would, when I'd finished firing that, I'd set that piece up in a still life situation and then I would actually paint that still life. So when I had the exhibition, you could not only buy the painting, but you could buy the plate or the vase or whatever that was in the painting. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, ever well, whether everyone felt sorry for me or not, but it was a 99% sellout. So, that was the first big tick. Then we packed up and moved to this property, and I thought my passion's always been drawing, and we're very lucky in Cootamundra to have a beautiful art center, and they run classes. So, I thought, okay, so I used to go in one or two days a week and draw. And then it just got me going again. I'd come home and I'd look at my animals, the dogs, the cows, everything, and I just started drawing and drawing and drawing. One girl, a friend of mine, said, what are you going to do with these? And I went, I don't know. So she said, why don't you turn them into cards? And I went, well, maybe, okay. So I did. I turned a few in. I went to one of the local shops and said, what do you think? And they went, fabulous. Okay, put them in. And that's where it started. So now I, I stock about 140 40 shops in Australia, and uh, it's just growing and growing, and I just love it. Oh, Kathy, it's absolutely beautiful. Your artwork, I can't even – because, uh, you know, I I don't have that arty side that you have, but I do have a creative side. But just the detail in your drawings is just absolutely beautiful. Well, it's funny because if someone said to me, here, you know, paint an abstract painting. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I'm so, you know, detailed and particular and, and every drawing takes me up, up to 10, 10 hours or whatever, yeah. But I love it. Oh, that's amazing. Now, I have heard you say before that you use a local print company as well. Is that in Cootamundra? It is. I, when I first started, um, I, you know, was was fairly new to the area, so I didn't really know about the printer. So I was getting everything printed in Sydney and then I thought, you know, no, I'm going to try and support the local business. So I went in and saw them and they are the greatest people and they just look after me. I'm now their biggest customer. 
um, and they, you know, I can go in, I can ring up and say, oh, my God, I need 500 cards tomorrow, and they go, ring me three hours later, done, done. So we all support each other. I'm the biggest customer now for our local post office. So it just, it's feeding the community, and I love it. So I go into town now three and four times a week rather than once a week go to the post office, go to the printer, buy a coffee and you know, buy more fuel. So, yeah, it's a really good um, it's a good thing. Isn't that just exactly how small business works though? Because yeah. not only are you creating something for yourself and for your family, it's helping you to feel like you're doing something, you're creating this fabulous business, but then you're passing that on to other small businesses. I know the same with me packing and I do Australian made. So it's a husband and wife family who look after me and yeah, posting and getting stickers made and getting tissue paper made, like it just goes around and really spreads the money into the smaller communities. It's just amazing. Yeah, no, it is. It's great. And there's so many wonderful rural businesses the same as yours and mine. Yeah, there are. And so what was the what was the catalyst though? Because I do remember you saying something about wanting to have something to pass on to your daughter. Yes. Well, yes. Um, she was she helps me. She's a fashion designer and an account manager and she's a high flyer in Sydney. She's brilliant. So she's got the, the creative gene. I keep trying to coerce her into moving home with her partner and coming into the business with me. But she's just getting a bit too big. But eventually I would love her. She wants to plan to get married and have babies. And when that happens, I'd like to step back. I'd like her to run the business and I'd just like to do the drawing. So we shall see. We shall see. And what is her name, Kathy? Her name's Alex, Alexandra. Yeah, she's a lovely girl. and she's, She helps me with a lot of my designs and you know, I ask her advice and it's pretty cool. Alexandra, if you're listening... <laughs> Kathy would like you to move back to the farm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> That's okay. So, uh, what challenges have you encountered being just that little bit older? Um, do you know, I was thinking about this. Obviously, the things uh, like uh, technical problems. I, I, I have a great trouble keeping up with, you know, the IT world and the, the, the social media I, sort of cope with my Instagram, but I do find that very difficult. But, you know, that's about the only thing because this is going to sound weird, but so many people I think feel sorry for me because I'm older. They go, oh, we can help you. Oh, And I just, I love it because especially the young people that I meet in business, they just want to help me. And I love that. I just love it. So, yes. yeah, there's not too many challenges, nothing that I can't sort of get over. Yeah, and I guess, you know, I am um, I just had my 40th birthday on Friday. Oh, happy birthday. Thank Mine you. Mine was on Tuesday. Oh, was it? Yeah. The Soul Sisters. Yeah. But um, I guess what I was going to say there is that I've started up with some of my e-commerce coaching and that is the reason that I did it is because I feel like when I started my business, if I had have just been able to speak to someone else who had done it before, I feel like I could have got things done 10 times faster, you know? So I've designed my, the coaching that I give my clients is pretty much exactly that. It's like Sarah, week one, year one, 
having the opportunity to talk to Sarah in year five and just get all those little tips and tricks and, you know, do this this way and this is the reason why so that you don't have a stuff up. Um, Because I just feel like I want to share what I've learned and make someone else's journey easier. Yeah, if that makes brilliant. sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And and as you say, everything changes so quickly. You know, so it's it's trying to keep up with everything. So you need a young brain to keep up with it all. Oh, absolutely. And you know, there's so many things like I talk about um when I started some of my, you know, putting products online and setting up collections, say for example, when I first put all of my bangles online, I would put, you know, silver bangle with a white pearl. That was one listing. And then I'd put gold bangle with a white pearl. And inadvertently, someone would come back to me and say, oh, I love this silver bangle. Do you have it in gold? So then I had to work out how that I could combine those so that I had all the drop-down boxes. I reckon I would have set up my collections about three or four times. (laughs) And I just feel like I could make that process so much easier for someone else because you have to learn you know, how to think about all of the options and oh, if you could just save someone else time, it's just, oh. you should just, you should pass that information on. There's yeah. no point keeping it to yourself. No. And that's why I'm now, I've got a, a girl who helps me with my website and I'm starting a new girl next week. And I'm just hoping that it'll, all this will free me up to develop my product and keep drawing. Cause I've just got so many ideas and my little brain keeps just going and going and I've got so much to get through before I leave this planet. Oh, (laughs) you're just an inspiration though, Kathy. I just think it's amazing because, so what age did that put you at? Did that put you at 58? I started the business at 57. I'm 62 now. I started the business at 57. That is just amazing. You know, there's probably people who are, you know, 30 thinking, oh my gosh, I've missed the boat. I haven't started my business yet. And here you are jumping in boots and all at 57. It's never, ever too late. And I mean, if, if you have a passion, you just follow that passion. And if you keep going, longevity will follow if you've got your passion. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. So let's jump on to Australian made. So. Uh, I am an avid Australian-made uh, supporter is not the right word, but um, it's extremely important to me to have my products made in Australia. Can you tell us your reasons behind why you're so committed to Australian-made? I guess apart from anything, I'm a bit old school. Um, growing up, everything was Australian-made and um, we can do it here, but we've dropped, we've dropped off. We've sort of sending everything overseas to be made, which is a real shame. Um, And we can do it here. And I know that the quality is brilliant. We can do the quality. We need to change. We need to get back into manufacturing. We need to educate the public that, you, you know, you might have to pay a bit more, but you are buying something that's made in our own country and you are supporting a small business, a large business who employs Australian people and I just think that we, we have to send, stop sending things offshore to be made and it is so hard and I hope I'm going to continue until you know, forever to make sure I only source Australian made and I think since COVID there's quite a big turnaround. I think people are realising that, you know, 
we're pretty good here. And I can speak from experience, especially within the rural community. We have some of the most amazing rural makers, I'd say, in the world. Um, I owe a lot of my success to buy from the bush. They really help me. And when you have a look at how many businesses that are in the bush, we can only go forward. Australia made will reign eventually. We just have to educate people that making it offshore is just putting all the pollution over there and people think you're getting it ethically made over there but it doesn't work. No, no, not at all. And you're right, it can be a lot more expensive but absolutely the quality is there. I know that with my garments particularly as I have had um, one run of dresses made offshore and again with what you were saying is that since COVID I've noticed a much bigger demand for my Australian-made products. And and I hear now through some of my stockers that people actually walk into the stores and say, only show me Australian-made. So that's, that's a great sign and long may it continue. Oh, absolutely. So, Cathy, I wanted to ask you two questions. So what are some of the challenges you face with being 100% Australian-made and then with regards to this secret project you've got coming up where you're going to be stocked in stores all over Australia, I know you pushed back just a little bit to make sure that your designs were only printed on Australian cotton. Well, some of the challenges um, I've had for Australian-made, for instance, about uh, two and a half, maybe three years ago, I was determined to have tea towels printed in Australia and made and sewn. I have been, I know every tea Mm -hmm. towel manufacturer in Australia now, um, because my designs are so intricate, they can't be screen printed. So they have to be digitally printed, which is a more expensive process. I searched and searched and searched and I found people that could do it, but the tea towels were already made and they came in from China um, and this went on and on and then they couldn't digitally print, they could only screen print. Anyway, I did come across a, a company in Sydney who have beautiful linen and they've got the Australian-made logo and they are all made and hand-sewn and cut and printed in actually in Kellyville in Sydney and they're beautiful. It scared the daylights out of me because I have to retail them for $40 and I thought, well, this will be a one-off hit. They just keep selling and it's just people don't mind. Amazing. Quality's there and a lot of people treat it as a piece of artwork. They're actually, I get messages of people are framing them. That's fabulous. That proves that people will pay a little bit more. Yeah, that is absolutely so true. Then I was approached by a major um, chain of stores uh, last year asking if I would put my designs on their entire children's range and some adults' range. And I asked them, um, I was very specific, and I said, look, um, I really am Australian-made and I don't think I can. And they said, we are trying to launch an Australian cotton and uh, would that interest you? I said, absolutely. I said, I will only put my designs on Australian cotton. So as I speak, the contracts are signed. I'm working on the designs, but they're probably the way the fashion industry works probably won't be available till later in the year. But it's something I am so excited about. 
Oh, I'm just thrilled. I uh, I can't wait to get on board and shout that from the rooftops because I just think it's absolutely amazing. It is. It's great fun. Anyway, and we the company, the, the buyer and the um, senior buyer want to meet me. I thought, oh, God, they're going to see this old tart come along. But anyway, we're going to meet and uh, have a bit of a party once we can – get out of lockdown or whatever we're in. Yeah, so it's it's so exciting. Oh, I know. It is. It's so, so exciting. And I know that you and I have briefly touched on doing a collaboration, which I need to get on to, and we're going to have some of Kathy's beautiful uh, drawings on one of my garments. And I've already got a whole collection of ideas sort of sketched out. Oh, do you? Oh, my God. I'm just thrilled. This is amazing. So, <laughs> everyone, keep your eyes peeled for that. Kathy, will you ever compromise on your commitment to Australian-made? Funny you should Funny you should say that, but last week over the break, because one of my passions is to get my designs on plates and mugs and trinket dishes and again, I have been trying and trying and trying and I actually, you know, thought, who's going to pay 50 or $60 for a coffee mug beautifully made in Australia with my design on it when I could go overseas and get the same thing I could sell for $5? I actually almost gave in and I thought, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. So I actually put out on my Instagram Help, help. I need someone to help me and I cannot tell you I have been inundated and there's a quite a large, which I can't say yet, pottery business or a ceramic business that has asked me to contact them. So I'm hoping something might come of this and people are now saying, but it's Australian made, I'd pay that much and, you know, stick to your guns. So I've had a big turnaround in the last week and I've refocused and I'm going to fly Australian flags all around my house. So it's it's going to happen and I'm really excited. So that's another thing that's going to happen this year. So I think we can take that as a no. You will not compromise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, Cathy, what's your best hack? So what's your best tip or trick that you can give to other small business owners? Well, <laughs> my tip is that don't ever be afraid to ask for help as I did this morning when you said, what's your best hack? And I had to ask you and send a message as a hack a tip. (laughs) 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 But never, ever, ever stop asking. I will ask people, I'll ask my customers, my family, the, the woman in the street, my friend, if I need help, I will ask for it. And relating to my business, it helps. And as I, I sort of broached on it before, um, if you have the passion longevity will follow in your business. That's my tips. Yeah. I think that is a really great tip. And I'm just so thrilled to have connected with you. And I just think you are such an inspiration. And thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. I'm really excited about everything that you've got going on, but I'm really excited about our collaboration as well. Absolutely. I can't wait, Sarah. And yeah, I love everything you do. And I actually have one of your dresses and, yeah, it's just beautiful. Hope everyone enjoyed that chat with Kathy and Sarah. Uh, Now it's time for the wrap-up snap quiz. Okay. Brian's favourite time. Everybody's favourite time. 
All right. Question number one. Mm-hmm. What would you prefer cheaper and more quantity mm-hmm. versus higher quality and higher cost? Oh, higher quality and higher cost. Higher. Quost. Quost. That's a new one, people. Mm, higher quality and higher cost. Yep. I think you just got to back yourself because, you know, if you buy 200 garments or 200 white dresses and you sell them for, you know, $100, whatever it might be, you've got you've either got to back yourself to be able to sell 200 of them or you've got to back yourself to be able to sell 50 but at the higher price. And I actually feel like, to me, quality is more important and I will pay for quality. 100%. Yeah. Quality over quantity every day of the week. Yeah. All right. Next question. Mm-hmm. Will you ever compromise on Australian made? Oh, God. I'm similar to Kathy. And in the interview with Kathy, um, she talked about the fact that there was a time when she nearly did. And there have been times when I have almost compromised and thought, you know, is this worth it? But I never do. And I think that, you know, that's just a process that you go through in your mind where you have to question is what I'm doing right or, you know, if things are a little bit hard or whatever. But but no, I'm committed to my Australian made product and I won't compromise on having my linen made overseas. Nice. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> oi, oi. Oh, sorry. Was I supposed to join in? Yeah, yeah, that's all right. I can teach you a thing or two. Okay. Um, do you actually think that the customers care whether it's Aussie made or... I think they're starting to. Yeah, definitely. I think in the last couple of years, there's been a big shift. I'm sure that there was always people who did care and mm-hmm. who were very committed to Australian made. But I think that there's been a big consumer shift and lots more people want to know where their product came from, how it was made... Yeah, I definitely think that they care. I think everyone's starting to see that if you give the money back into our own own people, our own country, yeah, we, we become stronger. Definitely. And um, with the way that the world is, with everything, that's where we need to be. We need to be a strong, strong, strong country. Definitely, definitely, totally agree. And um, yeah, commerce is is a big part of it. Sure is. Small businesses are amazing, and you know just. I think we touched on this in the interview with Kathy as well, is that, you know, when you start to think about it, even a small business like mine, I buy uh, stationery from, you know, local, I post local, I, you know, I spend my money at the grocery store or the clothing store or whatever. So by my business being supported, I then go on and support local businesses in our local area as mm-hmm. well. I might support um well, I do support, you know, local events or all of those sorts of things. So, you know, when you're spending with a small business, what goes around comes around. 100%. Mm. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And I want to make sure that you jump onto our Instagram page and follow us and make sure you tell us what you guys are up to. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Kathy, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to All Things Small Biz. You can get more tips and find out about all the latest stuff we've got going on at the All Things Small Biz Instagram page. We'd love you to follow us. Or you can jump onto the website, www.allthingssmallbizpodcast.com. 
Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.